everybody. Welcome to another MHTV. We're really pleased to have you with us tonight. And we have a fantastic group of guests. If you look at their backgrounds, you can see who they are. It's the Philippine Nurses Association with us tonight. So we really want to hear from you and any comments you have. Um, and so I'll just hand over before I get to introducing people to Vanessa so that she can tell you how you can join in with us tonight. Thank you, Nikki. Hi, everyone. As Nikki says, tonight we're joined by the Philippine Nurses Association UK. Um, I'll hand over in a minute to Nikki and our guest to introduce themselves, but we're hoping you'll join the conversation tonight. For regular guests, you'll know that if you go on to Twitter, now called X, and look up MHTV as a hashtag, you'll see the conversation there. We'd love you to ask questions and comments, and I'll be monitoring that and feeding that into the conversation. If you prefer Facebook, head over to Facebook and go on to the Unite MHNA Facebook page. And the feed will pop up there. You can follow the live stream. And again, I'll be looking in the comments box. We'd love you to ask questions, join in the conversation. And um, I'll hand back over to Nikki. Okay, so let's get started with introducing our guests. Oliver, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, um, <laughs> well, thank, first and foremost, uh, thank you, Nikki and MHT. Um, we kind of like inviting me again. This is my second time coming and joining the group, but like this time representing the Philippine Nurses Association UK. So my name is Oliver Soriano. Um, clinically, I'm the uh, I'm currently working as the uh, Executive Chief Nurse Officer for Lancashire and South Cumbria NHS Foundation Trust. And also in my charity work, I'm the president of the Philippine Nursing Association UK. Thank you. Charlotte? Hello. Hello. Hello, my name is Shalita Kaneha. I'm currently a um, specialist respiratory practitioner by clinical practice and also research lead of the Croydon Health Services, the Integrated Care Service, and a research postgraduate of Imperial College London. And on my charity work, I'm one of the committees of Philippine Nurses Association UK. Fantastic. And last but definitely not least, Dennis. I don't know what to say now. They this. <laughs> Heavy titles, aren't they? Um, good evening, everyone, or good afternoon or morning, wherever you may be watching. Uh, my name is Dennis Singson. I am based in Sussex. I'm mental health and uh, general nurse in profession, currently working clinically as head of mental health for a surgery PCN in East Sussex. And um, connected with Philippine Nurses Association as the current vice president, um, Oliver Sidekick. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's, a, that's a good title. So tell us a little bit about how, how this came about and, and what's the, what was the need for it and what are you guys trying to work towards? I think I'll probably start and my colleagues yeah. will actually um, join in. So um, Philippine Nursing Association UK was founded in 2003. Um, the founder is uh, Mr. Michael Duque, also a nurse. Um, I think at that time, the, the need for it was more of like a social gathering compared to like what an association, the same as in the Philippines was, where it's specifically for, for professional. Okay. I think um, it... The resurgence of the Philippine Nursing Association was felt more in 2020, specifically during COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, as everyone will probably know that there was a lot of like Filipino nurses and healthcare workers who started kind of like um, being affected by COVID. So there was a call for us to kind of like have the resurgence of the Philippine Nursing Association UK. Um, thus, the three of us were brought in to kind of like help and support and make this association to be the voice of the Filipino healthcare community, but equally to kind of like have that belongingness amongst the different um, regions in the UK, because we felt that like we have been working so long, I would say probably I've been working here in the UK for the past 26 years, I didn't even know that there are other Filipino nurses working in another like hospital. I just always felt that like I was on my own. So it was a, a commitment to kind of like have an association that you feel belong, have a commitment that you know that you've got a voice that you can actually, uh, that can support you in your right. challenges. So that was the need of why the PNA UK was actually brought into, I would right. say, uh, surface again. But right. this time in a stronger voice, in a stronger way of kind of like letting other know letting others know who the Philippine 
Filip who Filipinos are. So that's a start. But like I, I know my colleagues will be able to say like what what is it that we've been doing for the past couple of years now? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can add to that. As Oliver was saying, it came out in the pandemic, reinvigorated. Mm. But what the best thing that came out to it is, like Oliver, I felt I was alone. I was on my own. I have my own life. And yeah, I love what I do. Then I see the younger generations and there are thousands of Filipinos coming over. And it became an opportunity to actually, it's an eye-opener that, there's so many Filipinos in UK comparing to US, every Filipino nurses would like to go to US or Middle East, which by the way, I came from Middle East and my target was um, United States because my family is in US. I'm just my husband and I here in UK, but I found NHS and stayed long, longest in the NHS in my whole career. With the Philippine Nurses Association UK, we managed to find each other's strength, camaraderie. We actually find our brothers and sisters in the field, not just as a mentor. We learn from each other, not just from uh, the most senior colleague, but more importantly to the younger generations that's coming in. Yeah. Mm. Dennis, did you want to add anything to that? Oh, just wanted to say, really, I know um, the pandemic and the lockdown had been really um what could be a nice word to describe it really bad for all of us yeah. but I think one of the legacy for the pandemic and the lockdown for me is meeting all these you know like-minded Filipinos I, I never knew Shelito and Oliver and all the other PNA UK members and core committee members before the pandemic yeah. um and face to face I think we only met two years later yeah. Um, we were only just meeting up um, online uh, in, in venues like this, having webinars and offering support to a lot of people. So, yeah, so one of the legacies of the lockdown is the PNA UK being resurrected and reinvigorated in 2020. And um, just to let people know that we're here if they, if they need us and that we can lean on each other during the worst, I guess, at the most difficult difficult part and um, era of our uh, nursing career in the UK, most especially. Mm. Can you guys speak a little bit more about maybe the, the impact of COVID? Because I think most people know, but I think already we've got your younger students coming through who maybe weren't that aware or active during COVID, actually, what was going on for your communities. Um, shall I <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I'm... A respiratory nurse specialist by background mm -hmm. and the pandemic, I would say it brought the best of humanity, but it also brought the other side of the humanity. It's yeah. during the pandemic, that's when I realized how the healthcare professionals and the public work together in unity. Mm. It's after the pandemic and when we're going back to normal when we have to revive the economy mm. that feels like we're going our ways and you know you can see that human need again to be the best of the best and oh self-focus I'm not saying self-love is not important but at that time during the peak of the pandemic it may be difficult but mm. I felt there was so much unity mm. in healthcare in people mm in the public while well, everyone tried to survive with mm. the toilet rolls dishes mm. that we all have to mm. and when we went go out after our ruling shift from the red zone because i was in the red zone mm. i've led um clinical research trials for covid antiviral studies mm. and when you go home there's nothing to eat mm. that said it's also people and the public, like Philippine Nurses Association UK, came mm. to support. You got, I was in the most elite place in the country, and we were offered five star hotels. Would you believe it? That I cannot afford, mm. um, just because there's no place to cannot go home. Yeah, you cannot go home. Um, um, my husband and I, although my husband is very fit, but my husband I don't want I'm anxious that would bring yeah. the virus home yeah. so um, I have to stay in a hotel while 
of dealing with the pandemic and being a respiratory clinician, we are expected that we know what we're dealing with. But the truth is, we like like our team, we rely on each other. And at yeah. that time, yeah. whole team was separated. We all lead our own group that are non-respiratory. Yeah. Mental health nurses, I got my two mental health nurses, pediatric nurses. Yeah. Is it okay to share here, but if you're... My, I have a colleague who was a pediatric nurse and has to deal with adult uh, COVID-19 yeah. patients and the patients has been shouting at her and mm. she came to me and cried. Mm. For me as a respiratory clinician, I would say, I would be saying to the patient, I'm happy that you can talk and speak in complete sentences and yell because I know she can breathe. <laughs> But most positive outlook I've ever heard on that. Well done. <laughs> because if you cannot breathe, you cannot speak. Yeah. But it's mm. a different, and that's when I realized it's different in pediatric. It's the parents mm -hmm. that yell at them, not yeah. the babies. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to comfort her. But when I went home, yeah. I went to the hotel. Yeah. There's there's no one there, obviously. Yeah. But my mental health nurse colleague. Yeah came to me and asked me how I am. Mm. That question, how are you? Because mm. everyone's coming to me and she asked, how are you? Then we came up to, to talk that she mm. was there supporting us, the respiratory team. And her dad just passed away of COVID in the nursing home and cannot be with him. Mm. So mm. the mental health nurse came to us, how am I? And, mm. he's, and she's the one who's grieving Mm. and not able to see the father mm. so we found his strength to each other so not because i'm in respiratory we were the strength but i found strength to my colleagues too my pediatric colleagues found strength to me i found strength to my mental health colleagues so yeah we found each other that's a, that's a it's a really hopeful story isn't it in a very dark and difficult time mm -hmm. i think it brings out a couple of things as well that maybe people don't always expect because all groups have like stereotypes about them, don't they? All groups have shorthand ways that people imagine things. And you're talking about, you know, tremendous sacrifice, particularly in, in your community that I think was slightly recognized, but maybe he's getting a little bit forgotten. And I don't think that it should be. Um, but also you're talking about, you know, your research expertise, you're talking about your clinical nurse leadership, you know, and I think sometimes people don't always see those two things together. I wonder if mm. any of you guys wanted to comment on that. Um. Should should I just comment about leadership? Because um, it will be touching something about COVID still. But like, mm -hmm. um, I think there was a balance at that stage that like, you know, first identified healthcare worker that actually died from COVID was actually a Filipino. And then people were asking, but why? Because we were seeing numbers increasing and increasing. It's just like, is that the reason? Because Filipinos specifically are very meek. They're not able to actually challenge, you know, because like they're being asked to go to the red zone and they cannot actually say, no, I'm not going there anymore. Um, I think people learn and, and that's why I think in, in this process, you also have to look for allies. And that's when um, Dame Ruth May actually called in, I think this was like in May 2020, she asked for like the presence of senior Filipino leaders to kind of like come together and say, what is it that we can actually do? And Dame Ruth may ask, what is it that the NHS can actually do? Yeah. And one of that is giving the power for the PNA UK to kind of like be the voice so that mm -hmm. we can be represented. So I think fast forward from the time that it happened, now we've got a seat in to uh, Dame Ruth, Ruth May's um, ethnic minority advisory group that meets every three months. That's part of the leadership where I actually sit in to kind of like discuss the challenges, the issues that we've got as international nurses working here in the UK. I yeah. think that's the, I think that you take the opportunity where it is, 
but like make that opportunity to kind of like support others because like often what we find in leadership is like either you do it for yourself or you do it because you know that's the right thing to do not only for yourself but also for your community and I think that's what PNA UK have actually strived to do more mm. our link with the Philippine Embassy our link with our international nursing midwifery associations our mm. link with FNF or the Florence Nightingale Foundation has strengthened throughout the period of time that we've been here so I think leadership in a way um there's a lot I, I, we're just receiving a lot of tweet Nikki that like a lot of our mm -hmm. members are actually listening at the moment and they will know very well that like part of that leadership is like bringing them up to be mm -hmm. the leader that they are because at the moment you know like mm -hmm. for us to actually be felt the presence of the Filipino leaders like we need to build them and create them and make them thrive in the work that they're doing so I'll stop there because like I know Dennis would like to actually add something to that. <laughs> oh, do I? No. Um, <laughs> there were so many things that you mentioned that I wanted to echo because it also resonates with me. Um, you, Nikki and um, Oli, you both uh, mentioned about support that we receive from other people. And Shella also mentioned that earlier. Um, we um, the resurgence as well of a lot of um, nursing and midwifery associations in the last few years. I think during the um, onset of the pandemic, there were about four or five of us, but there's 25 now. Um, and also over the last two or three years, we have been regularly communicating with each other, supporting each other. Mm. Um, men, um, Oliver also mentioned the support that the INMAS, um, International Nurses and Midwifery Associations, had been receiving from, the, um, from NHS England through um, our CNO. Um, and also from Florence Nightingale Foundation had been really, really invaluable that allowed mm. us to support not just those um, international educated nurses who have been here for a long time. I mean, I have been here for the last 25 years now. Yeah. Um, and um, I've never done anything like this prior to the pandemic. So it, it mm. gives me, um, gives us a lot of comfort and warmth that we are able to support other people. And most mm. especially those who are newly arrived nurses, you mm. know. Um, it's not easy leaving your family behind and adjusting mm -hmm. to a cold mm -hmm. and gray and COVID-laden England yeah. <laughs> without PPE. Well, you're not selling it to me. <laughs> I wouldn't no, we've come out from it now, Nikki. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just that, you know, during those really dreary yeah. years I think we had about a year and a half of it wasn't it I mean we're also questioning why there are more Filipino nurses dying in the UK yes. compared to Filipino healthcare workers dying in the Philippines mm -hmm. what is going on so yeah, yeah so it, it drove us not just uh, Philippine Nurses Association but other Filipino senior Filipino nursing leaders to rally together and support mm -hmm. each other and help each other and mm -hmm. Welcome newly arrived nurses, because believe you or not, even during the pandemic, there were still a lot of Filipino nurses arriving from the Philippines mm. and still coming here to, to do what we are um, meant to do. We have always uh, thought and believed that, you know, nursing is not just um, a way to earn a living. It's not just a profession for us. It's, it's, it's your calling. It's your mm. vocation. Yes. It's your passion. You know, that's always been inculcated in our minds from being um, from from family members and even during the four years baccalaureate nursing studies that we've been doing. So, yeah. you know, we we qualify having all those qualities and vision to serve to serve others. Yeah. Can I just add with that? Of course. Um, what Dennis just said, it reminds me what in the Philippines, if a family got a nurse, one nurse or two, oh, that's my daughter, she's a nurse, that's my niece, she's a nurse. You go to every family in the Philippines and they take pride of nurses. Mm. They really take pride of being a nurse. Um, well, even if you're just only beginning your nursing studies as in mm. first year, oh, that will be my nurse. So. Everyone takes pride of the profession. It's it's not only a means of 
livelihood is mm. actually a very well respected and honest mm. profession in the mm. Philippines. They look so highly of you as mm. an individual, as mm. a person. Mm. So yeah, actually they call you mom or either you're a nurse in the hospital or you're an educator or even if you go to the community and field. Mm. If I go to the farm, I go home, I still got lots of fruits that they come to me. That's our <laughs> nurse. Yeah. From people I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's how precious it is nursing in the Philippines. Mm. The nursing sounds, I know. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe when people are coming into kind of UK environments, that, that experience it can be a little bit different. So what are the, I mean, we've talked about kind of COVID overview, but what are the particular challenges that you think that people coming in from the Philippines just arriving in the NHS, for example, what are they facing? I think I the first start. ones, yeah, were these. <laughs> I think, I mean, just thinking back as to how it was like 25 years ago, mm. it's, it's, it's homesickness really. Yeah. And as you know, um, human, humans and people are, are, it's intrinsic in us to want to belong in, in a in a community, I mean, I think it's it, it's a good thing that some of us uh, Filipino um, in, international nurses arrive here as a group of people. Yeah. E even if you don't know each other from the Philippines, as soon as you're bundled up in the airport and um, arrive in the country together, the almost whether you like it or not becomes your family here in the UK. And it grows as you continue meeting a lot of people. And that's also one of the really good things about belonging to um, PNA UK because you, you know, Oliver might be living in Lancaster now, mm. 10 hours away, but he will, he, he is my family now. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I didn't know him five years ago. Which likewise, is, yeah. yeah, likewise. The, these two, they had, compared to many others that met long before pandemic this too has picked me up at the most difficult time of my of my profession so mm. would you believe that a respiratory nurse would become a mental health instructor it's the influence of these two and <laughs> I, I did that for myself then i realized oh it's useful to everyone yeah. It's, it's yeah. useful to everyone. It's You've got us to blame for that. <laughs> You've got to blame for that. It did but... feel like that. <laughs> yeah. but I think the additional challenge that we, I think like it's still happening now, kind of like, you know, aside from coming into a different environment, mm. coming to a different clinical environment, the changes that you have to actually adapt and adjust on the workplace that you've got. I mm. think it's building that relationship because often, yeah. you know, when we first came in, most of us been here for like more than 20 years, there were no other Filipinos. So like you have to actually mm. bond and you have to actually like create that family amongst the people that you work with. Yeah. I always say this to the people that I work with that like, Overall, we spend more time as nurses working in the woods or more working with our team compared to like really living and living yeah. our life in with our family. So yeah. that's one of the kind of like challenges and how you build that relationship, how you build that respect, that trust mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And along the way, kind of like you build your resilience. Um, I think one of the work that we've done as PNA UK association and until now we're doing that is to kind of like do and facilitate that pastoral um mm. welcome to our nurses who are just arriving here in the uk o overall across the different parts of the uk well specifically in england because we're i'll, I'll start plugging now kind of like ac across england we do have a lot of like um ambassadors now who are when when at the time that they just started or they've been in the trust for a while, they've now become the one who kind of like represents PNA UK to welcome the newly arrived nurses, okay. to make them feel belong, to make them yeah, feel so part cool. of the family. Yeah. So I think um, the, the plugging bit that I'm going to say is kind of like we have now kind of like mobilized our um, family in mm. Wales, so we will soon be kind of like doing our PNA UK Wales branch this weekend. Uh, this yeah. weekend, yes. And then we've got kind of like ambassadors uh, in Liverpool, here in Lancaster, in Blackpool. We've got mm. connections now in Scotland. So I think 
from the little work that we've started three years ago, even though I will say since 2003, it has grown on a community of kind of like um, role modeling of what right is, what 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 kindness is. As a charity organization, all of us are not being paid to do this, but because this is part as what Denny said, it's it becomes part of our devotion that we want to make it right for our colleagues. Because this is one of the things that the NHS has to actually remember. It's not about recruitment. Yeah. It's about retention. Yes. And this, and this is the, uh, and this is the, um, Absolutely. contribution that as an association that we're doing mm -hmm. to kind of like make them belong so that they stay in the NHS and that's one of the things that like we've been you know we're very passionate about that like we love the NHS mm. but like the NHS trust or organization has to listen to us so that like they can support us supporting their staff mm -hmm. so I think the challenges is always there but like mm -hmm. I always believe, I think like having a platform where you can actually feel belong is very, very important. Can I just add one of the challenge of bringing on from Oliver? One specific challenge that we address in pastoral care is making sure that our new arrived nurses, international educated nurses, are aware of the community, the lifestyle in UK. And that comes with communication. Mm. The English language may be English language. I speak for myself when I first joined, I was American. My accent mm. was very American. I was Amer are you what are you talking? What are mm. you talking about? And so until you learn how to speak the proper language, the English English language, mm. that I realized there are more different accents around you can so that alone can be challenging. And when you arrive, what is she saying? What is she saying? So you got the camaraderie. Don't worry, don't worry. You tend to translate an English to an English. Mm. So I know that may be sound strange for others. Yeah. But that that's our journey. Mm. And I like writing, I like speaking up. Mm. But then I would actually say that when I was in the Philippines, I speak good English. When I come here, I was American English. But I hope yeah. I can communicate well now. So. Yeah. But it's a really important thing that you're saying, isn't it? Because, you know, I can't imagine I must be to be so prepared and then turn up and realize that you're dealing with someone with a really strong regional accent. <laughs> Even got a clue what they're saying, yeah. and yeah. I think you can only really ask someone to repeat themselves three times before it gets awkward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we go to Vanessa briefly so that she can bring some voices in and then come back and look at celebrating the contribution you guys are making? Yeah. Well, I think on that point, celebrating the contribution, we've got mm -hmm. a huge amount of um, comments from people that are just basically offering support. Um, Jan. Oriola, um, talking about you being trailblazers. Now, Grace, proud to be a member of PNA. Um, Kia Dungo, PNA UK leaders. Um, loud and proud. Flying. Um, now, Grace is proud to be an ambassador here in Wales. Oh, well done. Hi, Grace. Yeah, you've got a huge amount of support. And then some questions. So we've got an anonymous one here that says, mm. um, mm. <laughs> always, it's, it's, it's a bit scary when they don't want to be identified, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a scary <laughs> question. So. <laughs> I would have passed it by, but yeah, there's, um, Oliver got a fair bit of press attention for being the first Filipino executive chief nurse appointed in the NHS. Why does he think his appointment was important? And do the other guests have any thoughts on this? Um, shall I? I know Oliver. <laughs> I would like to speak on behalf. Yeah. But the appointment of Oliver is historical. Mm -hmm. The appointment of Oliver, they may forget Oliver, but the appointments of the chief nursing officer, first Filipino chief nursing officer in the country, and one and only at the moment, prove that we can do it. Prove that. It's possible in this lifetime to quote Dennis. I need to reference that because he wrote that before. But it is possible in this lifetime that it is possible that you may come a long way. Whatever difficulty you are undergoing at the moment, you're either a new arrived nurse that's reviewing for your OSCE. You have 
a pathway. There's, it's possible. It's realistic. Mm. Be inspired. It's, uh, you just don't know. I'm, a, I speak like this because when you reach a senior, senior stage of your career, you may be happy and content. But mm. what Oliver did to me personally, it's made me stimulated. It made me spark again. It made me think again. And the one thing I like with myself is when I'm stimulated. Because yeah. that's when all ideas comes in. That's when everything is possible. And if the appointment of Oliver Soriano as a first chief nursing officer, Filipino, and one and only in the country, could influence someone like me, that I would say I had my own fair share of his stories and in clinical practice and in research. Yeah. I'm hoping that everyone can be inspired from just from the Philippines. Yeah. to whatever level you are now you don't have to be a beginner you can only be a senior nurse and still look up to and say thank god it's possible it yeah. happened yeah we won't let um oliver talk i'll, I'll talk for him as well yeah <laughs> and how how his ascension as a cno <laughs> affected not only me but the rest of the filipino um nursing community here in the uk I think uh, for those who aren't aware, there's about 35,000 Filipinos uh, working in the NHS now. So it's a huge amount of Filipinos everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if there's any nurse or anyone here working in the NHS who hasn't met or worked with a Filipino, I'll ask where you're working. <laughs> I think that's, that's a, you know, where, where, are you, where have you been hiding? And I think... <laughs> Uh, for the 35,000 Filipinos in, you know, boldly um, speaking on their behalf, mm. it's almost like um, Oliver being that, you know, shining beacon, not just a shining forehead, Oli, this shining <laughs> beacon of, you know, just like what Shelita said, it's, 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 it's possible, we can do it if you really want to do it. Um, I mean, I think I was I also mentioned in the in the um, pre-meet earlier. Mm. I think uh, the nursing community from the Philippines has always been really um, described as really kind, always smiling, very welcoming, con competent as as in, on the bedside, but not necessarily seen in the past as a as a leader because mm -hmm. of how friendly and how nice we can be. Mm -hmm. And um, Shalita mentioned earlier as well, you know, it's almost like a disadvantage for a Filipino to be nice, friendly, and welcoming because mm -hmm. no one will take you seriously. Um, I remember being told off by some of my supervisors before, stop smiling. <laughs> Your band fives are looking at you and you keep on smiling. I said, what's wrong with that? You know, yeah. you can be a leader and be nice and welcoming yes. and friendly and accommodating. And Oliver is a testament to that. Yeah. I'll shut up now and let Oli speak. No, I'll, I'll answer it in three points. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling, Mickey, that like, you know, that program, This Is Your Life. It's like, what's happening here? Yeah, that's why we need to move on. You're not allowed no, to no. speak. No, I'm going to speak. No, I think like there's three things. That's why it's important. It's like, first and foremost, it's not just about the number. Um, take away the title. It's how do we lift people up? while we go up. I think that's very important for us as an association, for an individual, for a mm -hmm. for our profession, because often we always think that like we're just there. I think the appointment is very important because like as what my colleagues have just said, like with Shelly and Dennis, it is a testament that anyone can do it. Every time that I go on a stage to actually talk yeah. about my journey, I always say it's like, look, I'm as just the same as you are when you started, but like the hope that it brings. Mm -hmm. It's mm. not like me, but it's the it's mm. the journey that mm. anyone can do it. The second thing that I just want to emphasize is like I managed to actually get into this. It's because of the people who has helped me, supported me, believed in me. So I think my I think like you're gonna say this later on, Nikki. Like my call to action, I always say, look for that ally who will believe in you, to support you, to take mm. you to that next level. Mm. Because I will not be able to actually get in there because like this is one of the things that we've highlighted many times in many speaking engagements. It's about the imposter syndrome. You always think like, can I actually do it? Or yeah. is it really me who can actually do it? Yeah. But like, you've got that one ally who will be able to tap in your shoulders. Like, go on, I'm in your back. You can actually yeah. do it. So there are people who were 
instrumental, aside from my PNA UK family, who were instrumental to mm -hmm. kind of like allow me to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. And that's one important thing that we remember that like here in the UK, there's always a challenge, there's always a competition. It's like, how do you find that ally to support you? And I think the third thing that I just want to actually share is like through coaching, through mentoring, through sponsorship, I've learned so much from my colleagues who've actually helped me where I am. And that's one of the things that PNA UK actually promote is like we as an association has been helping each other through coaching, through you know preparing for interviews, through prep in mock interviews. So we've been doing that a lot for the past couple of years now. And I, one of the things, I think this is what I'm gonna say as our legacy, as the leaders at the moment of PNA UK, because there will be other leaders coming in, is that we have brought a lot of our colleagues to their next kind of like level of um, profession. Um, before, it took me, I always say this, it, it took me almost kind of like eight years to become a band six. Nowadays, the people that are in our association, within two years, they're starting to get up to that ladder. So I think it is important having that leadership or having that appointment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that because I've got into that position, but I, what I'm saying is like, yeah, is there important. are ways, there mm -hmm. are ways to get into that because no way, I didn't even know that like there's a pathway, but like until I've actually gone through it, you know, but like through the strength of my PNA UK family, my mm -hmm. family, my husband, I think like yeah. there are people who were able to kind of like believe in, you know, make you believe that you can actually do the things that you can actually do. Yeah. I think as well, you know, you're talking about how important it is for representation so that people can know they can lead in their own ways. It's really important for other leaders to see mm. that leadership doesn't have to be poisonous or unkind or difficult. Mm. That's not leadership. That's burnout at a high level. It's not, it's not yeah. the same thing. And actually to see, you know, the range of different people nursing for themselves, people leading from themselves is so important. I'm a bit aware we've only actually done one question. Vanessa, we've got <laughs> Whoever's that anonymous one, he did or he or she did a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered a lot of themes though, didn't we, in that question, yeah. I have to say. So um, another question is, what can organisations do, and, and we have touched on this already, to support international nurses as they enter into UK nursing? I think, as mentioned by Oliver as earlier, we've come with the pastoral care services that's already also supported by the NHS England and Florence Nightingale Foundation. But prior to this, we as Pen UK or the IMNA, the International Nursing Midwifery Associations, they're just volunteering the services until those small acts became validated and the bigger organizations, associations such as NHSEI and Florence Nightingale came and support. But with or without the support, it's a voluntary service that we provide. Um, pastoral care, the meet and greet with mm -hmm. our new nurses, and also the webinars that we do provide for our nursing colleagues who may not necessarily be in UK, but intend to come to UK as well, or still in the Philippines or maybe in the other sides of the world. It's making them aware of the culture in UK outside the healthcare. So the mm -hmm. community life that you have and also what the tube is, all those, the transportations, yeah. GPs. So I got to say when I, I got, my husband says, um, what are your main duties for an interview? And says, honey, he's asking for my GP. Mm -hmm. You mean general practitioner? No, main duty. It's duty, not GP. So yeah. you would see that those kinds of differences and trying to understand each other and not misinterpret each other. Mm. So we have overcome those um, 20 years ago. I have to say that clear the age of 20 <laughs> years ago without any support. But now with the Philippine Nurses Association UK, we have to say and actually made race awareness we raise awareness, we try mm -hmm. to answer questions, we make them fully, fully culture aware of what mm -hmm. life in UK is, not only in the hospital. Mm -hmm. can, can, yeah. can I just add something? I know the name is the Philippine Nursing Association UK. I just want to emphasize that like as an association, it's not just purely for nurses now, 
we do have midwives, we do have uh, radiographers, we've, we do have kind of like allied health practitioners, we do have nursing associates or healthcare support workers, people working in private, people working in NHS. I think the association has grown exponentially to kind yeah. of like cover as many yeah. international nurses. And the one thing uh, I think um, it's not just focusing on the Philippines because like we know very well that like if we're going to go and work in the NHS, you'll be working with a multi kind of like um, diverse culture. And, mm -hmm. and the work that we're doing is that like there are some kind of like, let's say, for example, newly arrived nurses from um, Kerala in South India yeah. who didn't know anything about like international, the, the in-mass. They will tend to actually say, oh, I've heard that you've got PNA UK. And I think it's our opportunity as well to support those individuals to kind of like say, do you know that there's this British Indian Nursing Association? Or do you know that there's this, you know, um, Caribbean Nursing Midwifery Association? I think the more that we grow and grow and grow these different diaspora networks, the importance of that is kind of like, it's not just solely for our community, but it's the community of the global majority. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to actually do. That The help yeah. is very bespoke. And sometimes it differs of like one section of the patch. For example, in Cornwall, when we did our like meet and greet, there's this more kind of like a social event. They yeah. want to actually have that like community. When we went to the whole kind of like region of mm -hmm. our um, association, they want it to be very kind of like formal. It was more about like conference. It's about education. So I think the help and support can be, you know, it's tailored it's in tailored in mm. that's the word tailored to yeah. what the individual wants yeah. so um the thing is like we might not have the answer or the solution to it but yeah. the thing is like we will know who we can tap in to help us with that mm. but you're kind of really raising the bar aren't you really i mean trusts mm. who want to keep hold of nurses should be doing this kind of work mm. in terms of like supporting and recognizing and understanding the sacrifices that people are making coming so far from home to come work in a place that's not always very grateful. Mm. I think it's it's amazing the work that you're doing and the fact that you're doing it voluntarily. Are there things that people can do to help and support you? Obviously spread the word. Anything yeah. else? No, I think, sorry, I'm going to say this quickly, but like our managers are, you know, like our, my CEO, um, my board, mm -hmm. they are aware of the work that I'm doing. So yeah. they support me to kind of continue this. Mm. Um, and I, I think like, Dennis and Shalu will say on their behalf, but like it's important that we make them aware mm. so that like they can support us to continue what we're doing. Mm. Can I just, oh, oh, sorry, Nikki. Can I just, sorry, Dennis, but I just, just before I forget it, um, can I just also, uh, as much as we speak about community, I would also like to everybody be aware that in addition to that social cultural factor, academically, or scientifically or clinically, we are there as a support. We become a mentor to our colleagues who are undergoing process for their career or also doing their thesis or doing any courses, educations in a way of or another that we manage not only in, in community life outside the hospital, but also in excelling in our profession, in our career. So either mm -hmm. that's research, that's mm -hmm. education, that's management or clinical. So we were there for them. The mm -hmm. community is something that's not provided inside the hospital, but at, we are also there for whatever provided in the hospital or in the university. Thank mm -hmm. you. Dennis, were you gonna say something? Go on. Um, it might be out of topic, but I just thought I needed to point out and um, highlight as well with with this, with our host today being Mental Health TV, uh, with Philippine Nurses Association um, in the last couple of years. I keep on, we keep on saying couple of years, but we've actually been doing this for almost four years now. Um, we have uh, trained almost 50 mental health first aiders. I think with, um, yeah, for those who do not know, um, Oliver and I are, um, are working in mental health services or are proud mental health nurses, which is almost a rarity in Filipino nurses as well. Um, 
I think uh, I mentioned 35,000 earlier. There's probably, um, what, 34,750 general nurses and just a small fraction of those are mental health nurses. And we've um, spent a lot of time discussing how COVID affected us earlier. I mean, we all know that the first few months of COVID, the focus had mostly been on the physical health effects of it. Um, to all of us, but not realizing later on, and even up to now, I mean, I work in the community, I work in GP surgeries, and the amount of people that I see on a regular basis whose uh, mental health difficulties started during the pandemic. Um, and I think that's also one of the legacies of the last few years for PNA UK, because we were able to train mental health first aiders and in a way, increase their level of competence and confidence in dealing with people, colleagues, and um, even family and the community in handling and managing people with mental health difficulties. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking at the time and it's got away from us, unsurprisingly, I think. Um, we didn't well, even we just... let you talk a lot, did we? <laughs> <laughs> I quite like a good lesson. So you are a very good listener. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested. Um, but I think it's just amazing the work that you're doing. We are going to have to come to an end though. So maybe we're going to, in the future, revisit you and find out the next range of brilliant things you've been doing. But let's just go around and see if there's anybody who wants to add anything or, or um, talk about anything that we haven't covered yet. So Vanessa, was there anything else that um, has come up on the chat or that you wanted to ask? No, not any questions, really. Just my own reflections, you know, working <laughs> in a, a mental health trust. I think... Um, that kind of pastoral care element, and as you say, the mental health element can't be underestimated. You know, with uh -huh. international nurses, the amount of, um, you know, energy and resource we've had. A, we've got a brilliant um, recruitment and retention lead who did a massive amount of pastoral care work. Uh -huh. And I think, as you say, that can't be underestimated. And uh -huh. me being able to connect people into the community with people who are you know, like-minded who, you know, people can relate to and then they don't, you know, feel alone and feel like they've got that sense of belonging. I don't think you can um, overestimate the importance of that, really. So I think for me, that's a strong message. I think the, the message about allyship as well is always really important, isn't it? And I know we have the Jabali network as well. I don't know if it was Oliver or one of the other guests who was saying, you can have that kind of tap on the shoulder to say you can do it. And I know you've talked about that tonight as well. And I think that's really important. So I think there's just lots of really important messages in tonight's chat. And I hope people are watching it and getting something from it. And we'll get in touch with you as well. Um, and yeah, as Nikki says, be great to have you all back again because... I've just been listening. I haven't said much tonight, but there's, yeah, there's been lots to listen to, hasn't there? So, yeah, it'd be great to have you back on again. Thank you. Oliver, Thank you, is there anything you wanted to, to say before we finish up, Oliver? I just want to actually clarify that, like, I'm not the one and only. I'm the one, <laughs> and there will be more who mm. will be coming up to this stage. So I think watch this space yeah. as we started to kind of like, no, not started, as we continue to kind of like support our community, not again, just a Filipino community, but like our global majority community to kind of like get into the ladder that we can actually achieve too. So I think um, my, my ask uh, is, you know, the association, the PNA UK association is actually, uh, it's a free membership. We don't charge anything. We try to actually get the money from our sponsors. Mm -hmm. So I think like if there's any sponsor who was who wants to support on the work that we do, please, you know, like uh, let us know. Um, but nonetheless, because like most of our work is to kind of like provide this to our members. Um, it's a good way. It's a good feeling, I have to say, doing all these things. And first, mm -hmm. like I think I'll end it up on my, I know my colleagues will say, but I just want to say thank you, Nikki. Thank you. And I said, with, you know, like giving us this platform because yeah. like it's very rare for us to actually have this type of platform. But like when it was asked, I thought like, oh yes, why not? So thank okay. you so much. I think you'll start your own podcast, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, don't, I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Who's next? Who wants to, to leave us with a thought? Right. Oh, shall I shall I go next? Um, just think, just following on from what Oliver said when he when he asked for sponsors to 
contact us. Um, my bit would be for other uh, NHS trusts or PCNs or primary care trusts and even um, private companies or um, social care services. If you want to tap into PNA UK, please feel free to um, get in touch with us and improve your retention. You focus so much on recruiting people from all parts of the globe and not looking after them properly. That's why they keep on leaving. <laughs> <They're off. laughs> thank you. And thank you, Nikki and Vanessa, for having us tonight. It's been an absolute riot and a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, just to tap on to Oliver and Dennis, um, in addition to the community work that we do, we are in part of the retention, we are academic, we are researchers, we are clinically experts or learners in our fields. We got a lot to share. Now, as a pro we are recruited as nurses, but we became more, and that's because of a good retention. And the only way to do that is through the community, but because of the, what we offer. There are many experts, colleagues within PNA UK that can support inside and out the mm. healthcare sector. Mm. What a fantastic, fantastic note to finish on. Thank you very much to everybody. Um, next week, we're looking, and surprisingly, a topic that kind of covers on. We've got Luca Bernardi and Dr. Joe Daniels talking about politics, mental health and COVID. So very nicely dovetailing there. Thank you very much to our guests tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and thank you guys for watching as well. All the best. Good night. Good thank night, you. all. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night.